Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about religious exemptions from the COVID-19 vaccines. And many people are actually facing termination of employment if they don't get the vaccine. Well, some folks, for actually medical reasons, religious reasons, and personal reasons, cannot take the COVID-19 vaccine. And uh, that should be their right. It's their constitutional right. I mean, the right of your, the uh, security of your person, it doesn't get any more uh, secure than that. And uh, yet, these uh, companies and corporations are deciding to mandate the vaccine for their employees as a term of employment, but there is an opportunity for people to file for religious exemption. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the legislation at the state house. There's been several pieces of legislation that are being, um, well, they're in process and they're being considered. House Bill 248, of course, was for months in the health committee and the debate raged in that committee. Uh, There's actually a discharge petition on that uh, bill, that specific bill, that would be a vaccine uh, freedom bill, uh, in other words, a vaccine mandate freedom bill, 248, also House Bill 435. We'll get into the details of those two pieces of legislation and what might uh, or may not be happening currently at the State House as far as legislation to provide some relief to Ohioans who are facing Well, actually, this is a crisis. If you're being threatened with uh, being fired because you don't take a substance into your body, I would call that a crisis. But uh, we have a lot of folks we've been able to help with religious exemptions, and uh, we're going to be talking about that. And I want to share with you that my guest and I will actually, on Thursday, November 4th, that's tomorrow night, uh, for those of you listening to this program during the day, it will be tonight, November 4th, at the Wadsworth Nazarene Church. That's at 743 High Street in Wadsworth, Ohio. Uh, They also call it the Now Church, but it's the old Nazarene Church. It's right there on Route 94, off of 224, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. We will be talking and providing information about religious exemptions and also talking about a statehouse update on vaccine mandate freedom uh, legislation. With me on the phone is State Representative Scott Wiggum of Ohio's 1st District, and he's uh, this is a very personal issue to him as well. I'm going to let him share about that. And he and I had the opportunity of sharing in a church about four weeks ago to help some people uh, that night. In fact, on a Monday night, that church was packed out with people uh, wanting to have information on how to obtain a religious exemption from the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, Re- Representative, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Chris, for having me. Well, thank you, Scott. We appreciate all that you're doing, and we know that you were a signer of the discharge petition on House Bill 248. Let's talk about that because this started some months ago down at the State House when the vaccines rolled out. There were people who had concerns with the vaccines uh, because, of course, as pro life groups have been talking about, that uh, the three vaccines that are available in the continental United States. Uh, Pfizer, Madura, and Johnson & Johnson, all were either tested or developed with aborted fetal cell lines. So for those who are pro-life and object morally uh, to abortion, uh, and of course, then these vaccines were either, again, tested or developed with aborted fetal lines, many pro-life Ohioans decided, I'm not going to get the vaccine. So this piece of legislation, State Representative Jen Gross introduced it, had a number of co-sponsors, had hearings in the Ohio House. Many people have heard about it. Tell us a little bit about 248 and why you signed the discharge petition to bring it directly onto the floor out of committee. Well, that's a great question. 248 is a more broad vaccine uh, bill that allows you to not, uh, it, it allows you to have inform, be informed consent on every vaccine that's out there. So it's a, it's a more broad bill that gives you that ability, whether you're in school or in any job, um, regardless of where you're at. So that, that's a pretty broad bill. And I still think that that is a very good bill uh, constitutionally. The 435 bill uh, narrowed down into um, 
COVID only. And it went after the COVID issue uh, only and tried to make make it so, okay, we're not going to be distracted by, you know, uh, uh, some of the other uh, vaccine uh, that have been debated about whether or not you should be forced or not forced. We, so 435 would have focused just on the COVID issue. Now, I will tell you this. You've probably got 10 to 15 members who have signed on already to some sort of anti-COVID, I mean, sponsored their own bills. So this thing is, 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 is popular. This issue is not going away. The Republican Party, and I'm a Republican, so I know that, that you're, you're apolitical, but I'm telling you, it, it, you're not going to get any help from the left. Uh, they love this government control. They love government pushing everything on you and having complete control uh, over your choices. Uh, and you've got Republicans who are for this. And I think this is not going to go away for us. But not only is this the moral uh, issue to, to protect your citizens, not only do I think it's constitutional and that we're really, uh, when you, especially when you get government involved, that uh, the collusion between government and some of these multinational corporations that we see enforcing this vaccine, and they're trying to use Biden as their excuse, right? Um, when you start to see that kind of collusion and you start seeing what's going on, I think we've got real serious constitutional issues, constitutional rights that we should be fighting for, and liberties that we've never seen, because we've never seen companies outside of the medical world We've never seen companies do this, what we're, what we're seeing right now. And, let, and then scientifically, let me tell you, we know for a fact the CDC has admitted that those who get the COVID vaccine can transmit the COVID virus. In fact, since most of the people have gotten the vaccine by now, if you have a breakthrough case and you got, a sh- and you got the shots, you most likely got it from another COVID vaccine person. So this idea that you can segregate society and that this is a scientific thing um, is, is nonsense. It's, it, it's not scientific to segregate society. There's something else going on here. And I think that we, uh, you know, in the, your state legislature had better start waking up and getting a hold of this. Take a look at this politically. You've got DeSantis, who's, who, you know, Governor DeSantis is either going to be at the top or bottom of the ticket in the next presidential election. That's what I believe. And I haven't seen one person say that's not the case. I mean, he was the first to, to go ahead and ban these things. You've got Greg Abbott, who just did it, uh, Governor of Texas, who just did it in Texas. So not only is this the morally and the right thing to do for our citizens and protecting, you know, their, their liberties uh, and their constitutional rights, but I think it is, it is the politically right thing to do. And I just can't understand how we have not been able to, to, to get this going forward. Um, there are a lot of interests that are fighting against this issue. Well, and it's been a great discouragement to Ohioans who actually have faced, again, termination of employment. These are nurses. These I are know. doctors. These are health care workers. Uh, as a, a number of the health care hospital associations uh, just about six, eight weeks ago announced a vaccine mandate. Now, some of them drew back a little bit, provided accommodations for a number of their employees. But if you look at Cleveland Clinic and University Hospitals, two large hospital associations in greater Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, they chose not to mandate the vaccine. Cleveland Clinic, of course, which is uh, internationally renowned, basically stated, we can ill afford to lose healthcare workers at a time we're going to need them most when the surge may be coming on in the fall. Well, they were somewhat prophetic because there has been uh, increased numbers of those being infected by the Delta variant here in Ohio. But again, I think how we're going to get through this, it's, so it's as you stated, Representative, it's not an issue of those who are vaccinated or unvaccinated because we have almost the equal amount of breakthrough cases of those uh, who are getting COVID-19 currently. And it's still, the jury's out whether that is actually less than the blow. We hope that's the case for those who are elderly and compromised medically who have taken the vaccine. But again, for a lot of people that are younger, uh, they have chosen not to take the vaccine. And it, it seems as if the vaccines are having a terrible effect the younger you are uh, as far as complications. If you go to the VARES website, and uh, the numbers are astronomical of those who have had complications with the vaccine, some of them who have had long-term complications with the vaccine. But again, we're not here to state don't take the vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer myself personally. I've taken my vaccines. I actually took a booster shot a few years ago when I had a uh, cut on my leg and a vacation uh, trip to New England. So I'm not anti-vax, but this is still an experimental drug. And uh, there's still a lot of um, discussion to be had on the vaccines. And then, of course, as you consider 
that uh, these vaccines were either created or tested with aborted fetal lines. We have a moral objection as pro-life uh, individuals that why we don't want to take the vaccine. So the fact is, being a term of, in, uh, uh, re, you know, as far as terms of employment, whether you're a nurse, a doctor, a healthcare worker, uh, these are people that were facing a very serious problem. We've been able to help some people, not everyone, uh, with a religious exemption, but uh, our military personnel, and I want you to share a little bit of your own personal story because this uh, touches you personally. And my son, who was in the military for years, keeps in contact with his uh, former friends in the military, some of which are approaching retirement, and they're not taking the vaccine, and they may lose their benefits, although it seems that some branches of the military are drawing back. But I just saw where the Air Force is really pushing this down. Which branch of the service does your son serve in? Uh, my son serves in the Army, so he's in the Army right now. He's enlisted, um, and he has asked for a religious exemption. And, and let's, let's, let's be honest, uh, uh, you know, he, not only does he feel very deeply that this is not the, the right direction for him to go, but he also has studied this issue for young, healthy people. Right, so so we we can sit there and you can say if uh, you, that the that the mass majority of deaths from COVID have been for from people in their 80s uh, with comorbidities, and you as as you go down in age and as you lose and you don't have as many comorbidities, that becomes more and more survivable. Uh, and, and so, bottom line is is he's waiting for a religious exemption. He doesn't know how this is going to turn out. But what I'm seeing, and this is a part of you know, I've got an older son who who's he was a senior in college and about to get his, uh, his, his dream job. And the dream job, uh, the internship basically said no one can come in here without, without a vaccine. You can't come oh, to the office. So, 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 so here, here, this is his future, okay? We're taught both of them are dealing with their futures. Both of my sons are. So this is a very personal issue to me, and this is where I'm starting to discover this is far greater than just, hey, take the vaccine or don't take the vaccine. This is a, this is, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I see this as a political purge. The folks who tend not, want to, not to want to take this are working-class citizens, majority, and they are also citizens, probably Christians, a lot of them, and a lot of people who just simply say, uh, I'm looking at the evidence, I'm not trusting what they're saying to me right now, and I know my survivability rate is 99.99%. Uh, so we, we, we understand those things. My, my oldest son has actually had COVID. He was tested positive. He was sick for three days, still doesn't have a smell, and uh, think, you know he's willing to go get a T-cell test if you want to see that. But these, these two young men are as as healthy as they can be. And both of their futures are on the line because of the mandate. And my point is, my point is, is that this is a larger effect. You know, Biden doing this, they know that they're purging these conservatives out of the military. They're, they're basically creating a second-class citizen. You can't get unemployment when you get fired. Um, and so basically Biden's mandate says, I don't care if you can't feed your family. I don't care if you lose your job and you lose your house. We're not going to give you any help because you're not doing this. Guess what, though? There's one place you can go. You can go to welfare. We'll never make you take a, a vaccine for uh, free benefits from the state. Um, you, you know, this is a highly political issue because of the way they're doing it. Also, the 1.8 million uh, illegal aliens coming across the border, foreign nationals coming over here in Biden's administration, dropping them off in different segments of our of our of our nation. Not one of them is forced to get it. Not one of them is forced to get a vaccine. So we this is a highly political issue. You can see it just simply because of the decisions that they're making. And quite frankly, I think it may be kind of more of a part of a the Great Reset that they seem to the build back better reset that they seem to be talking about all the time. We're talking with State Representative Scott Wiggum. We are discussing the COVID-19 vaccine mandates here in the state of Ohio and federally. Now, let's talk about that federally. Now, the president announced some weeks ago about a federal mandate of employers of 100 employees or greater uh, having to mandate the vaccine. He has yet to come out with the actual OSHA language that uh, many believe it will come through OSHA as how it's being implemented. There's a report that came out last week. Of course, everybody's been looking at the election, but there was a report that came out that a number of uh, 
business and union groups approached the Biden administration and uh, urged them to push the vaccine mandate back until after Christmas because of the uh, transportation problems and the, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically we're not being able to get goods into this country. And so they're urging them to push that back until after Christmas. It remains to be seen whether the feds are actually going to do that. So who is actually under the target right now? Well, as we saw in Ohio, hospital associations, some businesses, uh, we're seeing the federal government employees, and we're getting uh, discussion from people that we know in the network. So we had the meeting down there in Orville, a, a gentleman that worked for the USDA got a notice in his email that day. Uh, those who work for the airlines, power companies, uh, they were filled the room that night. Now, the, the airlines, uh, they, why are they doing it? Well, they took lots of bailout money from the federal government last year during the COVID-19 shutdown, and they felt obligated as contractors with the uh, federal government to mandate this. Well, they rank and file, whether the pilots or the, uh, the stewardesses and the, the, the uh, uh, crews, um, uh, service crews of the planes, they are, they're fighting back. And so now the airlines are starting to draw back on their own vaccine mandate. But the military is the one that's really under the gun because you're obligated as sworn to serve your country. And certainly these men and women do, and yet they're being faced with this. And we see where there's whistleblowers in the Air Force that are saying that our fire pilots cannot take this vaccine. It will compromise their battle readiness. Scott, we got a real problem here. Your thoughts? No, I I, uh, I absolutely agree, and that's that's where I keep on going back. That this is political. Uh, this has been a political push, and they know they know that it's that it's hurting their political opponents. And I keep on coming back to that. Listen, if 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 President Trump had done anything that uh, Biden is doing now to create a second class citizenry where you could not feed your family, um, uh, and and it, it would be the number one issue that everybody would be talking about. And somehow the collusion that's happened between so many of these corporations, uh, whether they're multinational or whether they're very large um, uh, national corporations, the collusion that they've, they've, they've gotten this, these dollars, and you're absolutely right, um, they feel obligated to do this, and they don't know, they don't quite understand what, are the, what the political implications are going forward. I mean, quite frankly, if the government and your corporations are colluding with each other to force uh, an injection in you, I, I've got to ask you, what can they not do to you? You have to ask that question. What can they not do to you uh, when you when you when you when you advance that thought process going down? And that's the real problem that I have. Uh, we have to say no at some point in time. Listen, DeSantis just said it today. He took a Ronald Reagan statement. He said, and this is this is what I've always said. People think that the vaccine, uh, the COVID nineteen vaccine, somehow is going to end this. That's not going to end what's going on here. What's going, to, what's going to end it is government relaxing and understanding people's freedoms and understanding that there are some people that, that need, to be, uh, need to be kept safe with multiple comorbidities in our nursing homes and that the rest of society needs to go forward. Governor DeSantis said, um, and this is basically taken from Ronald Reagan, but I think it's very good, uh, you know, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job. A depression is when you lose your job. And recovery is when Dr. Fauci loses his job. And I think that's exactly where we are. I think that's exactly what's happening. And the pressure from government and the decisions that government has made and the collusion of these, of these, of these corporations, these woke corporations, with that is what is putting these pressure points in and making this such a divisive issue in our country. Freedom How is not divisive. That's that's right. And House Bill 435 was another attempt to uh, get something through the legislature. Tell us what the status is of House Bill 435, which would give protections uh, to some health care workers, not all. It would exclude, as I understand, those who work in children's hospitals, those who work in ICU units, uh, maybe some nursing homes. Um, but it would provide some man, uh, mandate vaccine relief uh, and exemptions, broader exemptions to the general public. Uh, it would forbid uh, vaccine passports, which to me is just uh, anathema to a free republic to even consider that you have to have a vaccine passport to traffic on an airplane, to enter a building, a restaurant, uh, a, a sporting venue. This is ridiculous. But uh, those on the East Coast are actually doing this in New York City, although there was a change there last night with the election. We'll see how things might change there. Of course, in Virginia, things are going to change. But in these other blue states, 
uh, this very draconian style of uh, leadership when it comes to the vaccine actually forcing their citizenry to comply or else. What kind of relief can we look to here in Ohio? It seems as if the General Assembly and the, the Speaker of the House is not able to basically bring a consensus together to get something meaningful done. Scott, what's the status? Well, <clears throat> the Speaker himself has said that he's he's not going to... He's not going to work on this issue anymore. Now, I I now how can, I, how can I, think he, that, you know, I hate to interrupt, but how can he say that when 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 so many Ohioans are facing real problem and like you said, threat of of losing their jobs? How can he say that? Well, I don't I don't think that he can, and I think that the members have got to step up and say, Speaker, leadership, we're going to get this done. Okay, we're going to get this done. My own perception is we had a, you know, my own perception is there, there there's a few more moderate members, and and few more conservative members that uh, that that were not in favor of this, uh, and that did put us under the 50 uh, um, guideline. However, I, I I truly believe if they added one thing to 435, I believe this, and I've said this, if they added something such as, uh, you know, we're going to ban passports. You can't do a passport at public places, public spaces. You can't. Stop people from buying groceries uh, by making them show their card, um, or 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 if they said non-discrimination between vaxxed and unvaxxed people. We know right. that colleges right now are nailing unvaxxed um, student uh, athletes, um, just just t- raking them over the coals with. Uh, taking, you know, paying for their own uh, 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 testing every day, wearing masks when nobody else does, uh, in between sprints, just the, the, the most ridiculous things you have ever seen, and it's all for pressure. This is just pressure. It's not science. And my point is, is that we've, um, it, you know, either one of those things would have, would have, I think, finished this job. But I think there were some uh, elements who didn't want to see it go forward, and they just were, thought it would be a, a pressure relief valve, possibly. But I think it actually intensified the pressure that now 435 is out there, and we haven't done that either. But I think that this is, this is disastrous. Um, I, I think our caucus has got to get back in, in, uh, in working on this issue, and we're going to have to get this uh, before this, this primary season. We've got to move forward on this. The, the, the problem is, the problem is, is now that we're starting and, and something could, it could take so long, I mean, there's just so many people that are hurting and losing their jobs right now, and you get something passed, and you don't put a clause that goes back, you know, in time, a retroactivity clause, which I think we can in this circumstance, you know, you, you still have three months that, that companies can keep on doing this and genuflecting to Biden and saying, oh, well, we're just trying to do the right thing. The right thing is not forcing people out of jobs for this jab. Oh, you sh- no you. one should yep. lose their job over the jab. No one. That, There's that's no scientific right. reason. There's no constitutional reason. So, Thank you, Representative. Again, Representative yep. Scott Wiggum and I will both be presenting at the Nazarene Church in Wadsworth. That's this tonight, Thursday, November 4th at 7 o'clock. It's free and open to the public. Again, that's at the Now Church in Wadsworth on Route 94. That's 743 High Street. The information is on our website at Ohio Christian Alliance. Also, if you need uh, basically a walkthrough information sheet on filing for a religious exemption, it's on our website, too. It says some help for information from the Ohio Christian Alliance when filing for religious exemption. Again, at OhioCA.org. Thank you so much, Representative. We'll see you tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. God bless we'll you. you. Thank you. And uh, if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. 
This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to be talking about a very important issue today. We're going to be talking about vaccine mandates and religious exemptions. And many of you are facing this, unfortunately, at your employment. And we've gotten calls and emails and messages into the offices of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Of course, we we defend and support standing for individual conscience and religious liberty. We have for the last 30 years, and we're going to continue to do so, and the battlefront for religious liberty is raging now. And unfortunately, it's over the vaccine issue, the vaccine COVID-19 vaccine issue. Now, again, many of us were thankful that the vaccine was available for those who wanted it, obviously, during the pandemic, and uh, people would be making choices, whether those were health choices, religious or conscience choices, whether to take the vaccine or not. Those who wanted the vaccine, of course, it was readily available. Well, we've come to an issue now where many employers and government is pushing for mandates of the vaccine. This is causing a lot of consternation and problems for a lot of people, including our military personnel, our emergency frontline workers, those who work in our hospitals, our RNs, our nurses' aides, physicians, uh, physicians' assistants, all are faced now with termination of employment if they don't get the COVID-19 vaccine. Well, one of our good friends who's on the battlefront for religious liberty is Matt Staver. He's the chairman of Liberty Council, and they've been around for a while, and they've been working to defend the church's right and religious liberty across our country. And right now, their phone lines are blowing up there at Liberty Council, and they're helping people literally at no cost because it's a ministry, and we want to encourage you to make contributions to Liberty Council right now, because their staff attorneys are helping people across the country. And with me on the phone is the chairman of Liberty Council, Matt Staver. Matt, welcome to the program. Thank you. Very good to be with you. Well, Matt, we want to thank you. I saw the 26-minute video that you put out. In fact, today's podcast is going to have that embedded in it. And those uh, listening by way of radio, you can go to our website. We'll have the link of the 26-minute video that Matt has put out. And I want to thank you for the kindness and, and encouragement that you gave. In fact, it just really touched my wife and I. As she's been 22 years in RN at a local hospital, and unfortunately, her employer is requiring the vaccine and very limited exemptions are being provided. We saw the one for health exemption, and it puts all liability back on the individual. Now, again, these are the same people that worked frontline in the COVID-19 pandemic last year. Now they're being shown the door if they do not take the vaccine. And again, for various reasons, personal reasons, health reasons, or religious conscience reasons. So, Matt, what's happening at Liberty Council? You're getting calls all across the country. 
We are, uh, Chris, and you know, the fact is we've never experienced anything like this since Liberty Council was founded in 1989. There is nothing that compares to this. We thought the church litigation was very intense because we worked early hours of the morning through the nights on weekends through holidays, but it's not anything like this because this is even much more massive. This is really a national emergency, and the stories that we're receiving are emotionally draining. You know, for example, let's start off with healthcare workers as an example. In Maine, for example, we just filed suit. We're getting ready to go to an injunction hearing. The governor there in Maine said all private and public healthcare workers need to get the COVID shot by a certain date with no exemptions, no religious exemptions whatsoever. She essentially thinks that federal law, Title VII, and for those in the public sector, the First Amendment, does not apply in Maine. But that's the kind of thing that we're seeing across the country. These healthcare workers, she called them correctly superheroes, and that's exactly what they are. And all of these healthcare workers, they went to these hospitals day in and day out when a lot of people around the country and their community were on lockdowns. They went to work every single day. Uh, they went to work when there was very few cars on the road, and they went into the actual places where people were being brought with COVID. They treated people with COVID. They held their hands. They saw them go through the process. They then came home. They didn't know what they were bringing home, whether they would bring home some disease that would either they would succumb to or their families would succumb to, and they worked every day because they are superheroes. They worked through that all the way through December 2020 when the first COVID shot came on the market. Then right after that, Moderna. Then earlier this year, Johnson & Johnson. These shots have been on the market since December, nine months from the first one, December. COVID's been on uh, out there. They've gone to work during COVID. They've gone to work when the shots were available. They've gone to work during the Delta uh variant and any other variants that actually preceded it. And now all of a sudden, what's changed? Nothing. We still have COVID. We still have Delta. The shots have been available for months. What's changed? There's a mandate that's come down from somebody, whether it's in, in your case, your, your wife's employer or wherever it may be, that all of a sudden, now you healthcare workers, some of which actually have received COVID, they've come through it. And by the way, the study out of Israel just shows that your immunity to getting COVID is 13 times greater than anything that any kind of artificial shot can give you. So, you know, there is no reason for somebody to get a shot that's had COVID. But they are willing to go back into that environment. They've been doing it for months. The shots have been available for months. The Delta variant has been out there for months. And now all of a sudden they're being told, these superheroes, that if you don't get the shot, you'll be terminated. To understand the magnitude of this, at one hospital, we represent employees, and that hospital employs 23,000 people. 19,000 people, 80-plus percent, do not want the shot. Oh, wow. Another hospital, we represent employees, 14,000 people. 66% of them do not want the shot. We're talking about massive amounts of individuals, and we're seeing numbers like that across the country, whether it's in healthcare, whether it's in the airline industry, whether it's pilots, flight attendants, you name it in other sectors, and you have this insanity out there. For example, we represent someone who works for a Fortune 100 company and other employees, and she is classified as a permanent remote employee. She never goes into the office. She never visits clients. Everything she does is by telephone and virtual meetings. She's being told, get the shot or be terminated. Now, what sense does that make? We get calls from someone, just a man recently called, and he was weeping on the phone because his employer said, you need to get the shot. He does not want to get the shot. They will terminate him. He'll lose his health insurance, and his wife has MS. We have someone who was on dialysis, just got removed from dialysis because he refused to get the shot. Somebody who's on kidney transplant got removed from kidney transplant list because he refuses to get the shot. We have health care workers like your, like your wife just last week, for example, in Maine, uh, got terminated because uh, this nurse gave a religious exemption request, was called in, and was terminated. She went immediately to another healthcare facility and said, um, I'd like to be able to work here. They said, we'd love to have you. We need you. But unfortunately, the governor says we can't give a religious exemption. And that's the case that we're in litigation with. We have people in the military. We have, uh, we have many, many people like this, but one that was really compelling said that he enlisted right after 
9-11, like many of his comrades and colleagues, fellow soldiers, because they wanted to fight for the country. They didn't have their youth stolen. They voluntarily gave it away. They've missed birthdays and Christmases. They've missed Thanksgivings. They've missed the first words, the first walk of their kids. They were, they've missed all these different events with their family. Why? Because they love this country and they fight for it. They are heroes like healthcare workers, and now they're being looked at as traitors, unpatriotic. And they are now, even this week, being called before JAG uh, attorneys in court hearings to be dishonorably discharged if they refuse to get the shot. And my if we son, go back, you know, at the at the anthrax shots under George W. Bush, what happened there? They got the anthrax shots, and we get emails from people who are still on disability from those experimental shots. As well. Absolutely. And my son, who served in the 82nd Airborne, and many of his fellow uh, uh, service members that he's still in contact with, they're facing the same scenario, and they are leaving the military, and they're going to be dishonorably discharged just a year or two from their 20-year retirement and uh, they said, we cannot take that shot. We will not take that shot. Matt, this is happening in real time. My wife's hospital is looking at 45% of the employees in just a matter of weeks will be walking out or yeah. will be terminated if they don't take the vaccine, and they're not. In fact, when they started passing it around, only one person crossed over to take the vaccine. Now, again, why? Folks, you need to listen. You'll say, well, they can get unemployment. No, they can't. No. If they're terminated for this reason, they cannot get unemployment. Last year, we gave unemployment to everyone. In fact, the unemployment fraud numbers in Ohio alone are astronomical. That means foreign entities and other people that shouldn't have been getting the unemployment benefit when the government was pushing money out the door all got benefits. These frontline workers won't get the unemployment benefit. They'll be without an unemployment, without a job. And folks better wake up as to what's going on here, Matt, because it's their problem today. It's your problem tomorrow. You go into that hospital that's already currently understaffed and doesn't have the personnel to help you, it now becomes your problem. You know, the general public really should be in an outrage. We're about to write a letter to Governor DeWine, and, you know, and I've written him several letters uh, over the last year with all this going on. The governor has been good on some things. He's been bad on other things. This is one of those in which the governor is just, I don't understand it, Matt. He's almost like mindless when it comes to this thing, and he's not giving any relief or an exemption for these frontline workers. And I, I think they're trying to call bluff and say, oh, they'll go ahead and get the vaccine. Wait until they find out how determined these individuals are. And again, if it's your health, look, it might even be your life. Let's not forget, 24,000 people, according to the CDC VAERS website, have died because of the vaccine. Over yeah. 500,000 anomalies. That means uh, complications with the vaccines. It, but I don't even need those statistics, Matt. All I have to do is pull people that I know in my own family who have had serious complications with the vaccine. We're not saying uh, don't take the vaccine, but we're saying it comes with high risks and with serious side effects. And for those who aren't taking it, for instance, with blood clots, uh, people who have blood clot issues, they're not going to be taking the vaccine because it is notoriously uh, problematic for that. So these are real issues in real time, and we need to really have an adult conversation. I want to say to our listeners, you know, we often say, let's appeal to government. Well, government cannot help you at this time. We need to turn to ourselves, to our God, and to our own advice and counsel on our religious liberty issues. And, Matt, that's why what you're doing right now is helping so many people. Chris, what you're saying, I just want to reiterate that for those that are listening. What you just said, I said 80% of this one hospital, 66 at another, you said 45% at your wife's. Those are the real numbers. That is staggering. That's why this is a national emergency. Because if you just take 5% across the board of all healthcare workers and just wipe them out, just 5%, maybe even less than that, you'll have a health care crisis. We already have the problem of traveling nurses. They are traveling from hospital to hospital to hospital trying to fill in those gaps. You cannot afford this kind of massive layoff and termination. And you're exactly right. They're requiring these people, if you don't get the shot, we will consider that you, quote, voluntarily resigned. Why? Because they want to cheat them out of unemployment. And this is happening in the military and, and the adverse reactions. You don't even need to go to VAERS anymore, like you just said, because so many people are saying, I know someone in my family. I have an immediate friend that actually had the shot that died or that is, you know, in very serious situation as a result of this shot. Many of the healthcare workers, for a lot of different reasons, 
Yes, they've treated COVID patients, but you know what? They've also now started to treat many of these adverse reactions from the shots. One of my EMS uh, clients that we have just pulled a 24-hour shift. That's what these people do. That's what they do. When we're sleeping, they pull 24-hour shifts because that is their mission. And uh, she says one in five calls that her EMS unit is getting now, and it's been like this for a while, is adverse reactions from the shot itself. This is a national emergency. Your governor, your people need to speak up because this has to stop. No matter what your position is on the shots, no matter where you are, That's right. this is inhumane. This is wrong, and if we allow this to happen, it is a national emergency. And I can tell you what, there are incredible amount of, uh, of many people, tens and tens and tens of millions of people that will be not only put out on the street, but so many other things will happen to them. And then some people that are going to be forced, let me just give you an example. That one of the major, major airlines, uh, one of the employees uh, succumbed to the pressure, uh, had an anaphylactic shock and is no longer with us. He, he chose oh. his job and he lost his life. Sorry to hear that. What we're talking to, we're, we're working with over 15 major airlines, the biggest names that you can imagine. We're being told by pilots and other attendants that says that this is causing stress, the stress is causing distractions, the distractions are causing an increase in safety incidents. I'm not talking about from the shots itself. I'm talking about from the pressure to get the shots because they don't want them. And they, like healthcare workers, like our men and women in the military, they also work through the pandemic. So this is a national emergency. It's insane. It's got to stop. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue well, Matt, again, I want to thank you and Liberty Council and the fine work that you're doing. And I know that your staff is just uh, working really crazily to get people aid and help. But folks can go to the website, and let's direct them there. That's lc.org, just literally lc.org. That's Liberty Council. And then you want to go to the tab of uh, legal help and then scroll down to VAX exemption request forms. And then there's a long list of PDFs and informational video that Matt has put out that will walk you through the process. Also, because you can actually file this religious exemption yourself with your employer. And again, you know, I'm thinking, Matt, in some instances, and not one size fits all, and there might, and you've got a variety of things. You've got pastoral sam- sample letters here. I've talked to clergy who are willing to sign attesting to the person's religious beliefs, but there are other people who are saying, I'm writing a very simple religious exemption. For my employer to ask me for verification in and of itself is an insult to my faith. I have demonstrated my faith in the years that I've worked here. I'm only going to quote back to them chapter, uh, Title VII of the Employee Code. I know that there's a a variety of examples that you have here on the website. 
Uh, kind of walk us through that process, because yeah. I know that not every situation is the same. Yeah, we put those up there because some people are being asked to have those clergy forms. We tell them that they're not required. Frankly, they're illegal. But you could either provide one if you want to. You don't have to. If they become an issue, you know, Title Seven for people that are in the private and public sector and the First Amendment for people that are in the public sector in addition to Title Seven clearly says, look, it's not your clergy's belief that's an issue. It's not your your church's belief, your denomination, your synagogue. It's your belief. It's whether or not. the only There's only one question. Do you, as an individual, have a sincere belief? Is it sincere? If the answer to that is yes, then they have to engage in reasonable accommodation. Now, can they say, well, we can't accommodate you? Look at this. We've had months and months and months and months of accommodation, right, without these shots. Like the healthcare workers, they've gone to work. They've done the PPE. They've done <clears throat> other um, sanitization issues. They've worked through this process without the shots. So past is prologue. What they've done in the past, they can do now. There is no reason to mandate these shots. So it is going to be very, very difficult for an employer to say, I can't recognize your religious belief because it's an undue hardship. And it's on... It's unconstitutional and it's illegal under federal law, Title VII, to say that they're going to debate with your theology. They can't do that. So we actually will be putting later up uh, today on that same website uh, some of the additional case law and language from Title VII and even from the Supreme Court that really underscores that point because some people are being hassled and the employer is questioning their religious belief. Well, they can't do that. The employer nor government, nor your military commander is in the position to determine which belief is orthodox and acceptable and which is not. They have one question. Is it sincere? Are you just putting up a sham? Or is this what you really believe? If that's what you believe, fine. Then then the law tells me I have to engage in a reasonable accommodation. And obviously, that's what we've been doing for months. So let's just continue on and don't push these shots. Well, that's right. And many of you that are listening can actually find the very simple forms that you'll need to uh, provide your employer. In fact, your your employer should provide it uh, for you. So if you've heard an announcement of mandate uh, mandating vaccine, we would encourage you to get the forms quickly to fill out. And so <clears throat> whether that's a religious exemption or whether it's a medical exemption, let's take a minute on the medical exemptions, Matt, We've seen like the one in case for my wife at the hospital there, these attorneys drew it up. It puts all liability back on her. For instance, it gives a scenario that uh, as an unvaccinated employee, if she was to walk into a room, of course, as a case manager, RN, she does. And in discussion with the uh, you know uh, patient, if that patient ends up getting uh, COVID-19, uh, regardless of how they got it, the responsibility, the onus is back on her. What would you say to the employees that are looking at um, health exemptions? Yeah, I, well, first of all, if you have a health exemption, definitely do it. And if you have a health exemption and religious exemption, do both. But you know what's happening, Chris? Um, and I don't know where these ideas are coming from, but it must be some national thing that's happening because we're seeing this pop up where, okay, we'll give you this exemption, but you've got to sign this form. It's got eight or nine points on it. And some of these are okay. And many of them are just like you're saying. Oh, I can't accept that. So we have a standard piece of uh, language that we have said. You can sign what you can agree to. Those things that you can agree to, you can put an asterisk. And the asterisk, then you put down the information that we've given you. And basically it says, I understand that's your position. But by signing this, I'm not waiving any legal rights. And it goes on and on and on about that. So, you know, it's not like you're really agreeing to that because that's just nonsensical. It's illegal what these uh, employers are doing or these others that are doing those kinds of uh, gotcha kind of questions, you know. So we have a standard language for that. So if your wife or anyone else has that kind of information that they're being required to submit, sign off in addition to the religious exemption form or the medical exemption form, let us know uh, because we've, we've seen that happen and we have a response to that. Governor Abbott in Texas uh, signed an executive order of no vaccine mandates. Is that applicable to all uh, across the board of uh, areas of employment, or how is that working out? Well, in fact, uh, Florida was the very first one issued an executive order and then a state statute, and then um, Texas as well, and then many, many other uh, states have done it. But 
most of these are applying to government can't require it, and then others have, like Florida and Texas, private companies can imply, apply it or require a vaccine mandate or a vaccine passport. But that's for patrons coming into a public place, like like going on a cruise ship in Florida or Texas or going into a restaurant or going into a public place. And they don't necessarily apply to employers right. with regards to employees. So there is a language in Title VII, some of the guidance that came out earlier this year, number one, that says that you can provide an incentive, but you can't force it. There's some things in OSHA that say that if an employer or, say, a school forces it and somebody gets injured, the employer is going to be liable. Uh, but the bottom line is that Title VII and other state law, in many cases, allows you either to have a religious opt-out, and in many states, not only a religious opt-out, some kind of conscience opt-out, and in all states, a medical opt-out. Very good. Matt, thank you so much for taking time today and taking time out of your schedule to be with us here in Ohio. We appreciate it. Uh, the number one employer in Ohio is through our medical facilities of hospitals and medic medicine across the state. So this really applies to the number one industry in Ohio. We appreciate you taking time today. Thank you. Well, thank you. And again, you can go to lc.org, click on the legal help tab. If you're being forced or know somebody is, send them to lc.org, click on the legal help tab. And then for more information on these particular shots, you can go to lc.org forward slash vaccine, lc.org forward slash vaccine. Thank you, Matt. God bless you, my friend. Thank you. God bless. And our prayers are with you. And again, if when you visit that site, look for an opportunity to donate to Liberty Council for all the fine work that they're doing. Again, that's lc.org, and then go to the Legal Health tab and go to Vaccine Exemption. Share that with family and friends who are faced with this issue right now. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.